Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of the Auburn Live Show, the recruiting edition. You know it as the Super Free I'm your host, Jeffrey Lee, and I just lost my headphones, but I got them back. Uh, <laughs> recruiting editor for Auburn Live on three. If you're not a member of that site, man, you still got time. A couple of more days. One dollar for the entire year is practically free. We do a lot of stuff over there, especially Auburn recruiting. Today, we're going to talk about it, and to help me do so, my two cohorts, man, we're going to start off with a little, little cold paint down there. How you doing, Mr. Copaint? Sir, I'm doing good. I'm glad to be back, man. I hate, man, I hated missing that live show the other night. I couldn't that was, stand it. That was understandable. If you're going to miss the show, man, that's the reason to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a good night. We had a good time. We were at the uh, Montgomery Biscuits game there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if, if everybody knows what the Biscuits are. I, I feel like uh, they're starting to become a household name in minor league baseball. So, I'm more of a Montgomery Wings. Oh, yeah, the Wings. Yeah, they're like the replacement team for the Wings. Yeah, my buddy played for the Wings, R.I.P. Rusty Riley. <laughs> um, Jay Hit, welcome in, big dog. Thank you for having me, brother, and I'm excited to be here today. It is moving day today. Moving day on the field. We got our second scrimmage. Mm. Had a bunch of new offers go out in recruiting. True. A lot to talk about. A lot of movement. Yeah. Speaking of new offers, last night, Thursday night, Auburn offered, I believe – I think it was last night when they offered Sean Tompkins. That's yeah. correct. 
another offensive lineman. We've seen a few new offensive line go, offers go out, which we kind of were expecting because the number of targets had diminished so much that now you're, you're basically only recruiting committed guys and then maybe a DJ Chester or something. Uh, uh, but other than that, it was it was mainly guys who were already committed. So, is, is Tompkins, Tompkins Nicole? You'd written about him or mentioned him back in the spring, man. What do you what do you know about Sean Tompkins? Yeah, there was a couple names on the offensive line that were maybe a little lower on the board at the time that were being mentioned, uh, and, and he was one of them, and a guy that they thought was, you know, intriguing. And he's got the good, you know, he's got a good frame, six four. He was a little heavy at the time, around 330, and now he's a little smaller, maybe 310, 315. So I guess they went ahead and offered him. And, um, you know, he's committed to Baylor right now, but I, I think Jay had said a bunch of times, Dave Aranda's a very good talent evaluator over there at Baylor. So um, this guy's pretty sporty from what I can tell. Where's he from? Covington, Georgia. Yeah, Covington, Newton. Georgia. Yeah. Newton, Newton, Newton boys. So definitely, uh, that that's the more offensive line targets on the board, the better at this point. With mm-hmm. having we talked, I think we talked last week with Will Friend about he's wanting a big class. He's going to go to all levels to do so. And shortly after that interview, Auburn offered two new junior college offensive tackles. I believe both are tackles. Is that right, Jay Head? Yes, both are tackles in Isaiah Jada and Elijah Felipe. Yeah. I believe that's how you say that. If I'm enunciating my South Alabama diction <laughs> is coming through this morning, so we'll see if that's right. Sounds good to me, man. That's better than I could do. <laughs> Isaiah Jada? Isaiah Jada and Elijah Felipe. Okay, Jada, of course, is committed to South Carolina, but I talked to him, I think, earlier this week. He is planning to visit Auburn. He is from California originally. I think he's at Snow College. He's real good friends, former teammates with Keontae Scott. So there's a connection there. Keontae working to get Jada to Auburn. Uh, South Carolina, he's got a lot of good relationships with South Carolina. I think he has family that lives over near Columbia on the outskirts of Columbia. So uh, there's there's a connection to the Gamecocks. But Auburn is definitely going to be a school to watch moving forward with him, especially if you can get him in for a visit, which is – planned at this time Felipe Felipe mm-hmm. uh, told Keith Niebuhr that he's planning on visiting Auburn Auburn offer was big for him he is from is he Mississippi Juco I believe he's Pennsylvania Pennsylvania that's what I said yeah. Pennsylvania yeah. <laughs> are there are, are there junior colleges in Pennsylvania there are. So you've got that whole northern New England league where you've got junior colleges in New York and Pennsylvania. They all kind of compete against each other. Auburn signed a guy from the New York Juco. It's been, it's been years. but It has, and we've recruited a couple others um, unsuccessfully to this point. But you're right, I, and I'm trying to think of the kid's name. I'll come back to that. It'll hit me in about 35 minutes. <laughs> uh, some other new offers going out to Darius Collins, a defensive end from Louisiana. Yeah. Told Keith this morning he is coming for an official visit. Has not set the date. Um, Auburn really likes him. He is a, a Kobe Wooden. He, he is a Kobe Wooden type from what I was told. New offer to him. Another guy in Louisiana. Auburn has not offered yet, but there's some interest there. Cole mentioned him last night. Is, yeah, uh, Marjavius Moss. Um, 
sort of your your a uh, little bit smaller DB, but but you turn on the tape, man. He's me and Jay Head were talking about him. Very impressive guy, um, and he is a four star by on three, and somebody that has been in contact with Javon Reed over there. You know, he talks to a lot of Louisiana prospects, and uh, you know maybe they're moving on him a little bit. He, he he's a guy that's got the film, but for whatever reason doesn't have the offers. Is that the same guy? Yeah, yeah. Now he's he's getting looked at by a lot of people. LSU is definitely checking on him um you know so he's one of those guys that auburn would offer and then some dingleberries on the corner would make fun of his offer list (laughs) yeah and then lsu would come in and take him and steal him and he'll go on to be all sec player but if if he's built like lt like tennyson like your prototypical nickelback is that fair to say jay head that's what I see when I look at him. He looks a lot like the Honey Badger to me, if I'm being completely honest. He's got that versatility where he could play safety, could play corner, could play in the nickel, and I think nickel is probably his natural position as far as that's concerned. Um, plays bigger than he shows. I mean, I guess he's, he, you know, he plays bigger than his size for sure. For sure, when you watch him, very physical, does not mind and does not mind coming up in run support and sticking a man. Uh, flips his hips pretty well and, and doesn't mind playing bump and run coverage either. Now you see him a lot in off man because he played a lot of safety for his high school team this past year, but really like this kid. I think he's definitely all for worthy and somebody that we should be paying attention to because if we know one thing, Trevon Reed is a fantastic, fantastic defensive back himself at Auburn probably knows what a good defensive back looks like. So if he's taking a, little, a strong look at this kid and recommending my guess is he'll be somebody to watch. Yeah. Another new offer, speaking of defensive back, was Conrad Hussey. Um, I think he is four-star defensive back from Florida, com- currently committed to Penn State. Penn State. Haven't been able to get in touch with him. Really don't know what he's thinking, but um, anytime you go down – Penn State and Michigan State, both of those Big Ten schools have come down south and, and taken a lot of kids, a lot of commitments from kids. Will that hold? It's probably a good – probably some good teams to poach from. I would think so, and, and look, credit James Franklin, who himself, a head coach in the Southeastern Conference, knows the quality of talent that's in the state of Florida and probably still has strong connections there. Obviously, Mel Tucker, we definitely are familiar with that name from his days as a defensive backs coach at Alabama and the defensive coordinator at Georgia. You know he knows what defensive back talent looks like, and specifically from the state of Florida. So if those guys are in on them, it probably is a good idea that Auburn get in on these guys and try to flip them as best we can. A couple of new names. Cole, you and Keith were talking about these guys earlier this week, some JUCO offensive linemen to track. We talked about Isaiah Jada and uh, Elijah Phillippe. Yeah. Uh, but a couple of Chris's. Maybe to, maybe to yeah. keep an eye on it at least, right? Chris, uh, I think yeah. Chris Carter. Chris one. Carter is one guy. Uh, he he goes to Garden City Community College in Kansas. That's in Kansas. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know somebody that that I think they're just now taking a look at, and he doesn't have many offers right now, but got that six seven frame, uh, offensive tackle type body. So they're taking a look at him. They want to see how he plays this season, and then and then they'll you know see what to do from there. But that's uh, they are looking through the JUCO ranks at offensive line right now pretty heavily, it looks like. Another guy, Chris Sims. Is that right? Yeah. The former Texas yeah, Chris, quarterback. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Chris Morris. Chris Morris, yeah, the former Chris Auburn Morris. basketball player. 
There you yeah. go. <laughs> Chris and, Sims. Yeah. <laughs> and probably yeah. this son of Chad Morris, former Auburn offensive coordinator. There you go. Chris Morris was one of my favorite basketball players growing up. Cole, you probably don't remember him, but he was – I think he was 34 before Barkley or at Barkley. Chris Morris came after Barkley, but I believe was drafted higher, if I remember correctly. Now, and then dudded out. Yeah, and both of them were top ten picks. I think he was a New York, uh, New Jersey Jet, uh, Nets. Chris Morris. He was he was the Chris Porter before Chris Porter was Chris Porter. Like he was a human highlight reel. From what, I mean, I was I was a nine year old kid. So and, you know, a backwards dunk was freaking woo. <laughs> uh, I tell you the um, oh and going so, so so some new guys to keep an eye, and I'm sure there's going to be more. And that's fun, learning new targets, seeing these guys come in, uh, make their appearance on the board, getting these offers early for these junior college guys. We thought maybe they would take some time with some JUCOs, maybe see some games, but uh, they've certainly seen enough of Felipe and Jada to go ahead and offer, and then a couple of more names. I'm sure there will be more next week <clears throat> to track. Uh, some visit news this past week. We have seen Jamarian Harkless, the former Illinois commitment from Kentucky, Really, uh, listen, I, I'm really excited about this. I got to talk to him. He's coming for an official visit for the San Jose State game. And this kid loved Auburn growing up. It was a product of Cam Newton. I mean, this kid was the, – the, he Cam turned him to an Auburn fan, basically. And uh, there's also some connections there. His high school coach was uh, Jimmy Brombaugh's former GA at Oregon. Okay. So there are some connections there. Really like this kid. He told me 6'4", 315, big dude, big dude. Uh, Georgia, LSU, a lot of schools have gotten involved with him. Mm -hmm. uh, Louisville, who's recruiting at a very high uh, mark this year, is on him as well as, damn it. Michigan. Michigan, yeah, he's going to set yeah, up. And Michigan. Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss is his first official visit of the season. That's right. Going to Ole Miss opening weekend, coming to Auburn the second weekend. He's going to set up uh, an official visit to Michigan. He's already been to Michigan, I think, a couple of times. He said on unofficial visits. He's already been to Louisville a couple of times on unofficial visits. Those four schools, to me, would have sounded like were the four main ones for him. But Auburn's got some connections there. He he was really like uh, – he, he was really – blown away i don't want to say but but you grew up as auburn fan. he's like oh man auburn's recruiting me for auburn to be recruiting me is a big deal to me and right. uh, so so definitely keep an eye on jamari and harkless at the defensive line and then i think cole mentioned this earlier in this week alex sanford the uh, yep. linebacker that's committed to arkansas was going to come in for that arkansas game he since interestingly moved that visit up to the missouri game the same weekend if i'm not mistaken that marcellus pulliam is coming in those two guys we know are Pretty damn high on the linebacker board. Uh, yep. Both are Mike's. Yep. But um, Christian Robinson, in his interview, speaking in general terms, did not rule out the possibility of just taking the two best guys he can get. And mm -hmm. uh, very high on those two guys. I don't know if he would take them both this, that early, but certainly I thought it was interesting that Alex Sanford, who I think might be a little higher on the board than Pulliam, <laughs> Tell her I'll call her back. Uh, <laughs> you know, instead of coming late in the season for the Arkansas game, he's like, hey, man, let me get in there too. I think that might yeah. be a, uh, a strategic move on his part to not be left out of this class should he see what he wants to see and, and hear what he needs to hear. Uh, another yeah, guy. 
And Jeffrey, well, yeah, so you know he, about some Alex Sanford. He just he simply told me this. I was like, so why would you, oh, yeah. you know, why are you wanting to move it up? And he was like, well, I, I mean, I just I just want to get in there earlier. I gotta, you know, gotta get in there and see it. And, uh, and as far as the two inside linebacker things go, you know, when they when they run the two edges, um, Hall and Leota, and they have that defensive set, which is something they'll probably do a lot this year. Basically, both of your backers are inside. Yeah. So a guy like Cam mm-hmm. Riley, who would play outside a lot of times, is going to play more inside just based on the scheme. So, you know, it, it's it's a little bit more um, open to how you can take guys right now with with the scheme they're running. So, I think two guys that that are both primarily inside is okay to take if if and you find maybe a a sleeper outside prospect or something of that nature. They could do that, or they could just take two inside guys. I think it would work out the same way. Well, and when you look at who, from a nutrition standpoint, who we're going to be losing after this season, and Jeffrey and I touched on this in the call-in show, but you're losing Owen Papo, who's been playing Mike Linebacker, and more than likely you're going to lose Cam Brown to graduation after this season as well. So those are two inside linebackers that you're going to be losing this season. It makes sense to me to take two inside linebackers if they're two that you really like and two that can play. And I am of the belief, and I think you are too, Cole, that both these guys can play. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You, you don't you don't uh just because they play similar positions, I don't think you turn one down. I think they li- I think they like both of them and if if you went as far to offer them, I think that means something, you know. I would agree with that. And look with Sanford's size, I mean, he's 240 high 230s right now. Yeah. At 3, correct? If his body continues yeah. to develop, maybe he's an edge in the future. You know, you you don't really know when you take a kid that size. So I'm I wouldn't limit him to just being an inside linebacker. I think he's somebody that could develop into something more. Right. Derek Hunter, the tra- Texas A&M transfer now at Heinz Community College in Mississippi, told Keith that he will be in for the for the Penn State game, and it'll be an unofficial visit. Now, this kid was supposed to come for the Big Cat weekend. Transportation fell through, coming for the Penn State game. And listen, Auburn loves this kid. Very high on Derek Hunter. I'm really surprised. I'm sure they just want to see him in person before they offer. But mm-hmm. uh, very, very high on this kid. And I think that offer will come sooner rather than later. Get him in for Penn State, uh, bring him back for an official visit. And he continues to tell Keith he's got three years of eligibility remaining. Somehow had a medical redshirt, a redshirt, a COVID year. Dude yeah. ain't even played a snap, technically, according to him. So, curious to see if that holds true. We know he at least has two years remaining, but according right. to him, he'll have three. <clears throat> Certainly, Derek Hunter, one to watch um, moving forward. I, I do say, we'll go back, back to the um, linebacker. And I'm going to have this today in the war room. But Jaden Osbury, Austin's younger brother, committed to Notre Dame. As of right now, he's planning on coming to at least three games this year. Hmm. Something you. something to keep an eye on. I mean, I, I'm not putting him on I mean, I'm not putting him on the flip watch like, oh, my God, he's going to flip. But it's not surprising that he's coming. But he's already planning on coming to three games. So don't well, – uh, don't pull up the anchor on him just yet. Okay. It's a big uh, deal. Something else. Yeah. I, I thought so. No, nope, uh, He's no going to come. Lewis Carter's planning to come for at least one game. C.J. Allen is still working. Um, he's still committed to Georgia. Yes. Him, I get him and Gabe, but they're, they're, Gabe Harris the same 
Uh, Gabe Harris being the edge that's committed to Georgia. But C.J. Allen committed to Georgia, but there's a big linebacker class at Georgia. Auburn's still working on him. He's a guy that you're going to have to win to uh, to have a chance. Of course, a lot of these guys are. But C.J. Allen's another guy to keep an eye on for uh, a visit. I would think Jaden Osbury would be for the Penn State game and then a couple of more home games at the very least. Some uh, movement. Uh, we talked about this on the uh, call-in show, but let's rehash it real quick. Andrew Fraud, the offensive lineman from Georgia, committed to Arkansas after leaving Auburn the week before as having Auburn, his leader, was going to wait till December. He goes to Arkansas. Arkansas shoot, uh, shoots to him that idea of playing defensive line. He was uh, very impressed, so much so that he committed the next day. Auburn said, well, man, if that's what you want, we'll, we'll give you that opportunity here too. Jimmy Brumbaugh has entered his recruitment. Auburn is recruiting him. Will Friend as on offense and Jimmy Brumbaugh on defense. He also will visit. And he's been to Auburn, I don't know, how five or six times already mm-hmm. and, all, and and plans to come back for at least one more game. So, again, don't pull up the anchor on him just yet. Uh, moving on, uh, well, you know, last week we, we recorded with the assumption, presumption of J.C. Hart committing to Auburn. He He did so a little later Friday afternoon. Emotional ceremony for him. It was um, it was uh, it was cool to watch. You know, this kid is. A, we, we talked about how he is off the field in the classroom. Just grade A kid, eighty five with J C Hearts, and you're doing really well as a program. Six two one eighty. Auburn really likes him at cornerback. That's where he is destined to play as of right now. Jay Head, you think uh, taking him kind of a, a developmental guy who's not going to be pressed into playing as a freshman, good move. Very good move. When you look at our depth chart right now, um, when you're looking at two starting corners that both have eligibility remaining, now they may turn pro after this season. You don't really know, but both Pritchett and Simpson have eligibility remaining. Beyond them, you have Keontae Scott and DJ James. And beneath them, you have who might be one of the most talked about freshmen in our kid from uh, Valdosta, Jadarian Rhyme. And then also A.D. Diamond, who yeah. has had a hell of a camp so far to this point as well. So you're not hurting for cornerback. So taking a guy with a huge upside like J.C. Hart, and he does have a big upside. When you're 6'2", you run 4.37, you've got good hips, physicality. There's just a lot of clay there to mold, as they would say. A lot of good that can happen for him in two years of learning behind guys that are ready to play right now. And then when he gets his shot, Guess what? Maybe he's another Roger McCreary. Maybe he's a Carlos Rogers type that's got that bigger frame, that length to him, mm. that you just can't coach or teach. So really impressed with him. And look, touched. It, you know, at the end of the day, I, this is an Auburn reporting site, and you can't too much say you're an Auburn fan sometimes. As an Auburn fan, watching a kid get that emotional over the school that you, you know, enjoy yourself, it means something. You know what I mean? It meant something to that kid. You don't ever have to worry about that he's going to do things the right way, that he's going to stay committed to Auburn regardless of what happens. I think it's great to get kids like that in your class each and every year, whether they're, you know, a blue chip prospect or not. Having guys that are going to bust their ass for you when they get to campus, it matters, man. It makes a difference. Cole, you like like JC? Yeah, I agree with J-Head, too. You got to have guys like that in the class, even if it's a lower-ranked guy and it doesn't – you know, help with the perception of, of the star rating in your class. I think it's important to have guys like him who love the school like he does. He's grown up around it. 
he 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 buys into what Coach Harson sells. You know, he's got that same attitude, personality, and uh, and then he's a good player too. I mean, he, he plays linebacker primarily, which is interesting yeah. because he's a smaller guy, but he does play at a smaller level and receiver some, you know. But uh, learning that new position is going to be a a learning curve when he gets to college. But you can't you can't miss on a guy with his skill set. I think we've said that a few times now, but he's got the speed, he's got ball skills, all of that, and, and, and the length. I think that's probably the thing that gets left out is the length at corner, which is something that, you know, is becoming a, a more popular thing in cornerbacks, especially in the SEC as receivers get bigger too. So that's important. Um, and, and that's why they, they went ahead and locked him down. I mean, they saw him in camp. And didn't waste much time. You know, he wanted to be at Auburn. That was pretty obvious. Other schools were trying to get in the mix, too. But Auburn locked him down right after that camp performance. And that was smart. As far as commitments go, we talked about this, too. But uh, don't see anybody else on the verge, at least before the season begins. Uh, it's going to be interesting for who uh, comes in for visits from that Mercer game. I'm expecting some guys, maybe some uh, a lot of younger guys. I know Kavion Henderson is an yep. edge from Leeds, Leeds, Alabama, who has a top group with Auburn in it. Did, didn't he say he was going to be announcing in the fall? In no, November. Yeah. In, in the winter. Yeah. Yep, November. Has visited Auburn several times. Certainly a guy to keep an eye on in that 2024 class, which is already off to a great start with Adrian Posse, with Amon Lane, two four-star guys committed. Uh, would be great to go ahead and get him locked in as well. Um, turn into a little football. Now, obviously, we're, we're recruiting guys, but we also hear a lot when it comes to uh, when it comes to football. Auburn will be kicking off the season Saturday week. Is that right? Saturday week. Yep. No, it's two weeks from Saturday. You're, you're right. Two two, weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Saturday week is the week zero game for yeah a couple of teams. That's right. So two weeks from tomorrow, Auburn will be starting. Auburn's going to have uh, their second scrimmage of fall camp today. And the biggest question, the biggest buzz people want to know about is the quarterback battle. Nobody has been named the starter. Of course, we've all heard a little bit of something. You've got Zach Calzada. You've got Robbie Ashford. You've got uh, T.J. Finley. If tomorrow was game day, I think we all agree T.J. Finley would run out, lead the team on offense. Yes, 100%. I, I think so, yeah. Which is – a far cry from what we thought 10 days ago. A far cry from what I thought. Listen, the day Zach Calzada committed, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I immediately assumed that Zach Calzada more than likely, I mean, and I'm talking about 99.9% yeah. was going to be the starter when this season began. And now what you're looking at is TJ Finley, who has been the most consistent of all the quarterbacks that we currently have. Uh, to this point, didn't back down from a challenge, came out after the first scrimmage, and by various people that were in attendance, had the best scrimmage of any quarterback that was there. Granted, Robbie was limited some because he wasn't live, and what he does, you cannot simulate in practice, okay? It, his ability to break the pocket is not something you're going to be able to know what he's going to be able to do until you see him live in game action. But within that scrimmage, in, in situational play, TJ separated himself um, and good on the kid. You know what I mean? Good on the kid for saying, how you guys like me now, okay? Because I'm yeah. not going anywhere. 
Yeah, well, he's faced a lot, right? I mean, just like you're saying, Jay Head, on the commitment from Zach Calzada, that wasn't a all right. We need to we need to feel depth behind TJ. That was a we're going to get somebody to come play. I mean, this guy was starting at another SEC West school who had a better record than you, by the way. Correct. Playing him as the starting quarterback, so they didn't go looking for depth piece. They went looking for a guy to be yeah. at the quarterback position. And TJ Finley knew about all this. He he's uh you know he's heard all the uh all the talk about Calzada and even even Ashford coming in being more mobile than him and all that. So, you know, he's probably stepped up his game a little bit and and uh, he definitely knows the offense at this point. You'd think he'd know the terminology and things of that nature. So he had a little step there too, but he's performed well too. And, and if he's doing that, then he probably is the guy uh, in the first week. And I don't think that he has been like – he has separated himself with his play. <sighs> Man, it's almost like from what I hear – yeah, um, he, he's the def- he's the starter by default. Like, I, I would say he separated himself by his consistency. There you is, go. I'll is, go with that. Is the way I would characterize yeah. it right now is that TJ understands the calls, the formations, the objectives by the coaching staff of what they're trying to accomplish each and every play. Yeah. So in and of itself, TJ gives you the ability to check out of bad plays and potentially into good ones that maybe the other two guys just don't understand from a conceptual standpoint just yet. I think that's where TJ's leg up is. Yeah. Beyond that, and even though I think TJ is going to be the starter, and I believe that for Mercer, I think you're going to see two quarterbacks in that game. I honestly believe that Robbie Ashford is going to get meaningful snaps in that game against Mercer because the coaching staff wants to see what he can do in live action. And then that will kind of predicate or dictate what they do moving into Penn State. Because I, I even though they're going to play two against Mercer, I don't think that's a long-term viable situation. They want to settle in on one guy, whether that's TJ, Robbie, or Zach for that matter, should he make a serious move today in today's scrimmage. Yeah, which but is very right, possible. Which is possible. It's, it's not outside the realm of possibility. But right now, I feel pretty comfortable saying it's – and this is what was reported by Justin Hokuson. What I am hearing a little bit is that it's primarily TJ and Robbie right now with Zach running third. You know, that's just it's where we stand right now, and I think you're going to see both those guys get snaps against Mercer, and we'll see where the chips fall. I'm not counting out Calzada yet, but no, I'm getting maybe. there. But I will say this. I think for Calzada, it's more mental than it is physical. Yeah. I, I really feel like he's struggling inside of his own head. He's got a lack of confidence, um, which is obviously affecting his play physically. Uh, but but talking about consistency, it's kind of what you want at this point, right? If you're not going to have a quarterback yeah. win you games, you just want one that's not going to lose you one, lose you games, right? Well, the players who know what to do are the players that play. And it's always been that way. Talent sometimes doesn't override that, and that's just the way it goes, especially with a coaching staff that, that is all about process and all about the way you do things. Uh, and, you know, watching both of them in, in the, in the practice windows, you can look at Calzada and go, well, he's got, he's got a little more touch on the ball than TJ Finley does. He can throw the deep ball a little bit better. He can throw the intermediate ball better. He puts it on there with, without so much heat on some of these shorter throws, but Finley probably is, is operating a little bit better within the offense and within the scheme and like J-Head said, calling audibles, doing whatever it takes. And, and, and he's probably a step ahead because of that. And that's why he's going to be the starter 
more than likely in the first game. And let's – a little bit, you know, to quote Russ Cole from True Detective, time is a flat circle. Let's go back to the last time that – So is Earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> let's go back to the last time a first-year Auburn head football coach had a losing season, which was Tommy Tuberville going 5-7 and seven in 1999. The next year, they brought in Rudy Johnson. They ran a run-heavy scheme with a quarterback in Ben Leard who was just asked not to lose games. And that's no shot at Ben. I thought he was a fantastic quarterback. But it was a run-play-action team. I think this will be a run-play-action team where the defense wins football games. Okay, that's how I think that's our path moving forward right now until some of the quarterbacks continue to develop and that receiving core starts to mesh even more and continues their development underneath I kill your watch. Right. I completely agree about the whole defense winning ballgame. Auburn is very excited about, especially their front. Yeah. Very excited about the front. And we were talking about playing two edges at a time. And I did some – so, on your pass rush front, you've got five down linemen. You've got Jason Jones, Colby Wooden, Marcus Harris, Eku, and Derek. Yep. Yeah. Pretty sporty. Those five guys probably would be starting at most teams. Listen to me. That's a top three unit in the SEC. In my honest opinion, that is a top three starting group in the SEC, probably only behind Alabama and Georgia, maybe behind LSU because they've recruited some serious, serious dudes up front. So maybe we're talking top four. But that's as talented a front as anyone. And obviously, A&M has done a great job as well in, in the front end. But yeah. look, when you're it's at least on tier one in the SEC. If you were yeah. going to have tier one defensive lines, that, Auburn's going to be in that. Yeah, it, I agree. Look, when you, when, you, when you can rank yourself with Alabama, Georgia, LSU, and A&M, and you're a top five unit, that says a lot about you. It says a lot. Right. You can win games that way. Jason Jones, Marcus Harris, Kobe Wooden, Derek Hall, and then Echo would come in on pass rushing downs. Yep. No I, think, I think Auburn was fifth or fourth in the SEC in team sacks last year at 37. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get your lead sack guy back. You got Owen Papo back who can create plays like that. And you mm-hmm. added a guy like Morris Joseph who had 10 oh, and yeah. a half sacks in his career at Memphis. Uh, and, and Jason Jones had one and a half sacks at Oregon as a as a freshman too from the interior. So mm-hmm. uh, you look at it and go, there's, there's surely they will have more than what they had last year with what's coming back and uh, rise maybe in the SEC to the top three at least in, in pass rush. And we all know pass rush can help your secondary. Pass rush is. Man, that's the name of the game these days. That's why you see edge rusher, edge rushers going first overall in the in the draft, right? I agree. It, creating negative plays is the name of the game right now. Offenses are too good at this stage for you to consistently stop them on three and outs. You have to create negative impact plays, turn the ball over. That's how the game is won right now on defense. You look at Georgia last year. There were times that their defense scored more points in games than their offense last year. Legitimately, right. Auburn's going to have to get some luck with turnovers this year, and that front is going to have to wreak havoc, and I think that they can. I honestly believe 
that that front is going to win us some games. So taking into consideration the quarterback battle, what wins championships? Can a defense, can a tier one defense in the SEC, an above average run game with an above average play action pass? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can it win championships? I mean, I think Georgia proved that it can if you can do it at an elite level. Where Auburn is right now, no, I don't think it can win a championship, but it can be highly effective and we can have a very good football season doing just what you talked about, Jeffrey. And that's really all we need. You know what I mean? This coaching staff needs to put eight wins on the board and show kids that, hey, we're here, we're sustainable. All we're missing is you. If you come on this team, we add a little bit more explosion. Now we're, you know what I mean, we're over that hump. Now we're into the double-digit wins. Now we're into championships. But right now, this is all about being able to show that you're sustainable, being able to show that you're on an upward trajectory. And I think that's what playing that way this season can get us. Well, yeah. one program at Auburn that is not has already surpassed that is the basketball program. Talked a little bit about basketball recruiting, the 2023 class. Bruce Pearl has Aiden Holloway, a four-star point guard, committed. And kind of uh, up in the air right now is what else will happen in this class. I wrote a little bit about it earlier this week in Hoop Scoops. A couple of guys that they're still recruiting. But as of right now, it's, it, as far as like how many – Mm-hmm. Is uh, is very much an unknown at this point. You, you've got a lot of kids with super senior seasons. Uh, you're only technically losing Zep Jasper if you're looking at it on paper right now. So you've got a Holloway coming in, and of course Auburn's obviously recruiting as though they're going to have spots open. I think there's one open spot right now. There is. We only have 12 scholarship guys, Jeffrey. So, there, so there's two open spots, one of which is taken already by Aiden Holloway. So there is an open spot, <clears throat> and uh, Auburn is looking to fill it. Plus, you gotta you got to think somebody else is going to leave, at least yeah. one other person, Jalen Williams, Alan Flanagan. Um, somebody you would expect from this team will leave early. And uh, some guys that are on the board right now, it's not a big board, not a big board at all. Uh, there's still a lot of time. I don't know. The, the early signing period is in the middle of November. Auburn may not sign more than one unless you can get a Wesley Yates, unless you can change the mind of Bayfall and Asan Diop. Uh, but other than that, you've got two other guys that Auburn is recruiting heavily in Amani Hansberry, big power forward, and also another shooting guard in Isaiah Coleman. Uh, Wesley Yates obviously being the number one guy. Been hearing a lot of buzz from outside Auburn, that Auburn's kind of fading. And um, Auburn doesn't think so. Auburn doesn't think so. But uh, going after Isaiah Coleman, are starting to get into the mix with Isaiah Coleman, who basically is the uh, uh, same position, could be telling that maybe there is some lack of confidence or at least some, losing some confidence there with Wesley Yates. 
but he's just he's not in any hurry man i mean he's just now releasing top nines he took an official visit back to auburn i think the the concerns coming from it he doesn't plan to come back to auburn for an official visit and if there was some legit interest there that he might want to come back for a senior year visit he came for a junior year visit kind of like aiden holloway did aiden holloway will be back i think for the mercer game official visit for the mercer game Uh, but auburn will be utilizing these home football games in basketball recruiting and so i'm expecting to see a lot of 2024 guys uh, of course, in basketball, you know, 2024, the next year is just as important as this year. Um, getting some of these guys already interested, getting them on. Because in basketball, you can take official visits your junior year. You've got five your junior year. You've got five your senior year. You've got to you've got to take advantage of that if you're uh, if you're Auburn. Certainly expect to see some younger guys come in for an official visit and see kind of how, how this class plays out. Who leaves? Auburn Auburn really doesn't know at this point. You know, they don't know what Alan Flanagan Flanagan's going to do. They might know that he's leaning towards this or leaning towards that. Or uh, I think Stretch is a uh, another guy. I'm trying to let me let me look back through here. Well, he may be running up on eligibility. Well, he's got his COVID year. The, the COVID years is is uh, Zepp Jasper's gone. Jalen Williams, Alan Flanagan. I think Stretch is another super senior. Yep, because we'll they were all in that same class together. Uh, so you've got to kind of wait and respect, you know, their timeline and making this decision. But you also, you can't wait and, and just start recruiting guys when you find out because th- these guys may not make a decision until the spring. <clears throat> I think you've got the regular signing period in April. You're going to have transfers. Yeah, you know, we've seen what Auburn can do in the transfer portal. So a lot of a uh, lot of unknowns, and uh, gonna just gonna have to wait it out, ride it out with that i think you keep an eye on bayfall who's presumably headed to arkansas with the son up him and they're like brothers live in the same yep. household and then you just kind of keep an eye on wesley yates you keep an eye on holloway not holloway who was that other guy hansberry hansberry yeah, yeah they, hey listen he, he's a three-star guy auburn loves that kid Listen, he can play. I mean, he is a he is a prototype Bruce Pearl four swing man that can 100% play. Got some good inside game to him as well, some great athleticism. So very impressed with that scout. And that wouldn't be the first time that Bruce looked at a three-star and said, nah, man. I'll take him. Yeah, I'll, I'll take him. You know, Bryce Brown comes to mind, Anthony mm-hmm. McLemore, multiple others. Look, he was on Chumo Kiki hard before anybody even knew who that kid was when he was a six six undersized power forward. And he didn't get his first big offer until Kansas came into the mix late. So Pearl's got a fantastic eye. Jared Harper. Did Jared Harper, who was a three star till he blew up at Peach Jam that season. Um I think who was uh, Tony Well there were you know Bruce gets these guys as three stars and then before they sign they end up being four stars a lot of the times. I mean a lot of the evals for Bruce Pearl and those guys man they're so good at recruiting and evaluations and stuff. They really uh, are. But 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 a lot of these times you, you they they've signed as four stars but they were three stars when Bruce got in on them. Now you don't see a lot of that these days because Bruce has got the program in a, in a position where you can go get the Yuan Treors and the Chance Westries and uh, sure. The Sharif Coopers and hell, even dating back, I think Austin Wiley was the first big one. Well, Mustafa Heron would have been the first. Mustafa, one. that's right, sure was. He, was. he was your high four star, five star that kind of broke the mold, and then beyond him, that was that next class was, um, uh, Austin Wiley and shit. I guess Chuma was in that class. 
It was it was Alston, Chuma. Who else was in that class? You know, there's some listeners going. It wasn't Jared Harper, was it? No, no, no. Harper was in the same class as Mustafa Heron. So it was Mustafa Heron, um, Jared Harper, and Anthony McLemore all in the same class. And then previous to that, you had Danielle Purifoy. There you go. Bryce Brown, uh, Horace Spencer, and the kid from California that transferred back out to Fresno State that was like the the all-time dunk champ. I'm trying to think of his name. He was a combo guard type. So I'm, I'm, looking at, you, I'm looking at the 2016 class. It's got yeah, you'd have to go back that far. Mustafa Heron. Yeah. Austin Wiley. Uh, he, that's right. Austin graduated early and came in. That's right. J- Jared Harper and Anthony McLemore. That was that class. So that was your breakthrough class right there. And then the next year you had Chuma. You had yep. Malik Dunbar. Yes. Yeah, Dunbar. And then uh, – Samir Dowdy, right? Davion Mitchell. Oh, man. Davion Mitchell, yeah. Listen, that's a dagger steal because Davion was so good. Oh, and he was such a Bruce Pearl guy. He was. He was the – man, he was – broke Bruce's heart too. Yeah, well, there ain't no love lost between Bruce and the head coach out there at Baylor. Scott Drew, I can promise you on that one. That's for sure. Going with the three-star thing in the next class, uh, Javon McCormick was was your guy, and he was a lower three-star too, right? From Juco that Juco. nobody had even heard of. Look, he was just like a throw in at the last second that yeah. uh, that West yeah. went out and actually been recruiting him, I believe, when he was at Arkansas State and recommended him to Bruce. Bruce saw him play and said, Yes, sign the kid. Yeah. Three three uh three three stars in the twenty nineteen class, Devin Cambridge. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Flanagan. Yep. And Stretch, which is probably about justified, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd say that's that's about right. Jalen Williams was in that class. Remember Terrell uh, uh, Coro was in that class too. Terrell Jones, sure yeah. do. Oh Turbo, Turbo. Yeah. I thought Turbo was going to be the breakout guy. Mm-hmm. In that he broke out right into the transfer portal. Yeah. And Javon Franklin, <laughs> yeah. Javon Franklin. What would have happened to him? Junior college transferred out. I believe he played at South Alabama this past okay. year. The big season, I think. Was he the jumper? Yeah. Okay. From Arkansas. Yeah. Shit, man. How long has Sharif been gone? Was he 2020? Yeah, Sharif. Yeah, yeah he yeah, was. That's a damn good class right there, the 2020. Sharif, JT yeah. Thor. There's two first-rounders. Wasn't yep. JT a first-rounder? Both of them were second-rounders. Uh, that's what I said. CMO, <laughs> Dylan Cardwell. Dylan played really well. Uh, Three-star. Yeah. Justin Powell. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention him. Yeah, I knew you were. I, I had to be the guy. Yeah. Uh, Auburn only signed four that year. Yeah, right. He went in there. I think he was taking out. All right, fellas. Well, uh, ain't got anything else? Anything else we're missing? I know it's kind of low right now in recruiting. It's going to pick back up in the next week or two. I, I love when, when we start to see these visits. This is probably one of my favorite times of year when it comes to recruiting because uh, you've, you've kind of got the summer commitments done. You're getting mm-hmm. new offers. You're getting new targets on the board. You're getting these visits, which to me tells me more than a lot of – tells me more than an offer. You know, an offer tells me Auburn likes the kid. A visit tells me the kid likes Auburn. There you right. go. And that's what we're more in tune with. Well, you know, you can like a lot of guys, but who's going to visit? Get them on campus. And with Auburn, that's huge. It's absolutely monumental to get these kids on campus, especially kids who have never been – uh, been here before so keeping an eye on the visits coming up we don't expect any commitments uh 
no no one's scheduled before the season. We think Auburn will ride that seven commitment into kickoff against Mercer. Yes, I, I don't foresee anyone. And I'm with you, Jeffrey. I'm excited to see how this team develops because how this team plays this year and some of the young guys, and we can talk about that some, some of the guys like Camden Brown, Damari Alston, Jadarian Rim, that have all been fantastic evals by this staff. Have really Caleb Wooden. Caleb Wooden, Keontae Scott. You know, all guys that have created some noise. Um, who's the big safety from uh, Caden Bridges? Yeah, there you go. Bridges. Yeah. All guys um, that they've taken that, that we've gotten good information back on that they're having better than expected fall practices. How they develop probably will kind of dictate the route we take in recruiting and whether or not we feel like we can take some developmental guys and bring them in that they've got time or we're going to put more effort and energy into the JUCO and transfer portal. Because, you know, we've got several guys that we just talked about that we've kind of offered now. But how hard do we press probably is contingent on how this team develops and the roster management piece. So really interested to see how that shakes itself out. Right. Two, two most important positions in this, on this team is the offensive line, the quarterback. I think those are your biggest question marks. Everything else seems to be pretty solid, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think every other position is is going to be okay. maybe linebacker is is inexperienced, and you're not sure how that'll play out. Um, but yeah, everything else looks to me, especially from viewing and practice windows, that they they're going to have some guys at the top at each position that can play. So yeah, and I'm feeling better about linebacker. Hearing some of the reports that I've gotten on Wesley Steiner and the progress that he's made makes me feel better. Yeah, and look, it's always an indicator. If Harson puts them in front of the media, that means that they're doing something in practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, yeah. not putting stiffs up there. And so West got the speed. Oh, slap dicks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> J-Head ain't coming in there to talk to the media, okay? No. Yeah. <laughs> and then he – That couldn't happen at a better time. J-Head out. <laughs> no, no. Go, to uh, kind of – Transition off on him. Gus Malzahn used to do that. Gus Malzahn yeah. would send the guys who he thought deserved to be there because of their right. work or, or, or their interview process or how well they interview and stuff. Uh, Harson, I don't see being that guy. He's going to put the guys out there that he thinks deserve to because of their play on the field. Yep. Uh, Cole, you got any um, – how about you this week? Uh, no, I don't. I don't okay. have any this week. I understand. I do want to say I do want to add something though. I, it, the fact that this 2023 class is just now starting their senior season of football is it just feels crazy to me. Golly, got a whole football season to watch, and there's so many guys that might emerge, and it, I don't know, man. It's just wild to me. It seems like we've been on them for years. I know. <laughs> this has been a long off season, man. It's been a, a roller coaster from going back to you know after February, February signing day with. Golly, just everything that's happened, the failed coup, the, the, the junior day that never was. The, right. it's, it's, it's been uh, lots of visits, man. Lots of the, the roller coaster of exit interviews on visits was just something I hadn't seen before. I've never seen that many kids walk away from a visit with glowing reviews and Auburn seemingly in the mix and then – you know, just miss, miss, miss. I, I, I don't. Uh, we've said this before. I don't. I personally didn't think the the the, the coup in February 
was that big of a deal. And I wasn't sure that that's what it was until I started talking to some of these kids that committed elsewhere that said, man, I'm not so sure who's going to, you know, who's going to be there. The, the instability yeah. of the coaching staff. Man, I, I love it. I, I love those guys. I love the Auburn, but I, uh, just not to a point where I could commit to them not knowing where they're going to be. Right. So that was, uh, it's, it was, it's been a roller coaster, man. The season can't get here soon enough. No, Christian, really Christian Robinson said it best in that we understand that we've got to win. We understand that kids are wanting to see us win. And if we can do that, then things are going to change. Jay, hey, welcome back to the show. Yeah, you know, <laughs> things happen sometimes, man. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, it was hilarious. good. Jay, yeah, I think we, it was planned. I think it yeah. was actually planned. You had to toot, didn't you? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> had a little toot slip out. <laughs> oh, oh, that was me, actually. Uh, uh, I forgot to put it on mute. How about you this week, Jay? Uh, none. I got one, but I can't remember the guy's name. I'm going to post it. When you post this uh, this link, I'll make sure that I call him out. But in my thread about TJ and the interview that he did previous to this season, talking about his character and being willing to stay here, a poster came in and said, and I quote, well, he's certainly more evasive this year. Oh. <laughs> and wearing a helmet. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that got me good. I, and when, that, when we put that thread up, I'll make sure I give that poster credit. I got, I got, I got, I got a few how about you. Uh, I got D Newt one two three. Big how about you to him. Big how about you to Lamar Valley Auburn. Lamar Valley, if I'm not mistaken, if it's the same Lamar Valley that I'm thinking about, is the valley inside of Yellowstone where I did some trout fishing over the past year. So anybody that's got a Lamar Valley, Lamar Valley in their name, I will. Uh, big how about you to him. Big how about you to a couple of new guys, CJ underscore Truth and Wiggle 6 Appreciate you guys joining the site. Welcome. Get on there and post. Uh, not going to. I'll tell you what. Big, big, big how about you to Tigers win 17. Did y'all see his scrimmage report, his scrimmage yeah. notes? Oh, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Un- uh, unparalleled. Very good. We appreciate you, Tiger seven, Tigers win 17. Big time, man. That was uh, – very good. I know the subscribers appreciate it as well. Uh, big how about you to Helena Tiger, who uh, had an awesome meme about big old redneck spitting backer. I guess he was thinking that was me. I don't know why he was thinking. I'm very highbrow. <laughs> how about you to Workout Turkey? How about you to DCCPT, who was fiending for our shrivel pod? He loves those shrivel pods. <laughs> And also, big how about you to next year for sure one. Big how about you. That was good stuff. Uh, I, I got a couple of dingleberries. I'm going to start off with Murph. Murph, 1969, who was complaining about all these new offers. Like, uh, uh, Murph, come on now. Be, be better. The biggest dingleberries of the week. Jeffrey Lee and Jay Head mm. for telling a, a, a caller that he had absolutely nothing to worry about if he was concerned that T.J. Finley was going to be the starting oh, quarterback for all. I'll, I'll own that one, brother, because I damn sure said. Wow. 
Dingleberries of the week, dude. I mean, it was it was such an easy answer too, wasn't it, Jay? He had like, oh, dude, oh man, no one even worry about that, dude. Move on with your life, bro. No, um, you know what? I'm not safe here because I think on the last live show before that one, someone asked on a scale of one to ten, what are the chances we see T.J. Finley as a starter? And I said four. You sh- yeah, you sure did. Welcome, Cole. Bring me in. Come Bring on in, in here with us, big dog. Oh, that was awful. I did uh, not the bullet on that last one, though, not being there, because I would have been right with you. <laughs> oh, we, we we were easing this guy's mind, man. Oh, my God, dude, please. Are you calling us with that shit? Right, come on, man. That ain't well, even going to happen. Just wait till we seize the pod. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this, going back to that Zach Calzada, Zach Calzada commitment and signing and all that, even Auburn, they, like Cole was saying, they, they went to sign Ashford for depth, and they went to sign Calzada to start. Yeah. And uh, so Zach has uh, got to get out of his head, man, so he can get it out of his arm. Uh, obviously, Kimasabi, Dingleberry of the Week, traditionally. I got some, I got some female dogs this week, man. God dang. Mm. And they deserve it. Man, no, they do. Taylor made two. Fantastic female dog. Seahorse. Seahorse <laughs> loves the female dog. And listen, we've been we we've been habashing this cat, but he deserves some some, some female dog. Bobby sweatpants. Oh, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby sweatpants. He's back and forth. He he he's hit or miss, man. He's hit or miss. So there you go. Overall, not a bad week. Overall, not a bad. Again, these guys need some football. It, it, we are to the end of the summer of, of the yeah. roller coaster we were talking about, Jay Head, when you when you got off to go toot. Cole and I were talking about just the <laughs> roller coaster of since February for this for this recruiting class, and nothing can happen sooner than the start of the football season. Auburn needs some wins. They yeah. need to get to three and zero. They need to have some commitments coming in or some momentum from that Penn State game in recruiting. And you can't get here fast enough. But good thing is it's two, day, two weeks from tomorrow. Two weeks from tomorrow. Hey, listen, everybody, we're going to be back Tuesday night. Cole's going to join us. Uh, his son can only turn one once, so he can't That's be using right. that excuse anymore. No more. We'll be back with the, uh, the recruiting call-in show Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. We are going to be back next week, Friday mornings. The Scribble Pod. We now with the season, we've kind of getting getting into a more routine. Friday mornings is going to be best for us. We'll have it up uh, Friday afternoon for your drive home. Hey, big how about you to Zach McKinnell? Mm-hmm. Appreciate you, Zach. Always doing a great job, dude. I don't know how we would do this without you. I know how we used to, and it wasn't very good. So we appreciate Zach, man. So everybody, listen, y'all have a great weekend. Two more weeks for the Auburn Tigers. Be ready for that. Otherwise, we will talk to you Tuesday night. For Jay Head, for Cole, for Zach in the back, I'm Jeffrey Lee. Stay the left lane, please. See you. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. 
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.